0: Today's episode of the GoldCast is sponsored by Free Agency. Free Agency 49ers madness. By the way, before we talk about this Free Agency, if you haven't already checked it out, please check out on this channel, on this feed, our top 11 tournament. We did the top 11 best 49er games of the decade. That was followed by the Warriors and then the Giants. And now we have the final round coming up, the top 11 tournament, the final round to decide what games from these three lists can be called the greatest games of the decade. Now, Raymond, I want to ask you are you excited? Because we're, we're recording the episode this Wednesday, so it'll drop on Thursday. Raymond, how, how have you been enjoying the process of this top 11 tournament? It's been pretty awesome. Just because
1: going through mostly positive memories about all of the Bay Area success within the last decade, you know, definitely pretty awesome trip down memory lane. So, and I'm looking forward to kind of compiling all of them all together to decide who is you know which games were the best of the decade between all three sports. And I think uh, I'm pretty sure. I know what it's going to come down to. I think mine will be a bit more straightforward, but uh, I'm not giving anything away. You know, you're going to have to wait till Thursday to see what the final results are, but that's been my journey. I don't know what it's been like for you.
0: Well, I want to ask you real quick. That's, you actually. You, you almost half answered it, but I'm going to dig a little further. Without giving any spoilers, without giving anything away, do you think you know what your top five through one is or your top three through one? Do you have an idea? I have a rough idea. But I haven't decided like hmm
1: who's who's one, who's two, who's three, who's four, who's five. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a I have a I have a rough idea too. I think I know what the top five games are. I'm just not entirely sure what order I'm gonna present them in. That's the main thing. So I agree. Okay, so back to this though. Let's go back. 49ers, free agency. This episode is going to be all about what has happened in this round of free agency. And uh, and then we want to, of course, as always, get your thoughts after we give it to us, Goldcast Empire. But, Raymond, in order for them to give their thoughts, why don't you let them know where they can find us?
1: You can always like us on Facebook.com slash the Goldcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore goldcast and be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Stitcher all under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Like, subscribe, and comment because we certainly like to hear from you. And I know that we've we've talked about free agency in general through the wide NFL, but we're going to hone in on the 49ers and bring it back to the bread and butter and kind of look at that but also look to the future as to what can be done to replace some of the vacancies in the current roster. And we want to hear what you guys have to think and say about
0: that. Absolutely. And last plug. So this week, we're wrapping up our top 11 tournament of the best Bay Area games of the decade. A bloodbath between two dynasties and our upstart 49ers trying to gain a dynasty. It'll be the bloodbath. But next week, next week, we are bringing back the gold dives. And it is going to be a three-parter, a three-part gold dive. And this first gold dive is going to be on something y'all are very familiar with. And that is going to be the 2019 49 er season. So, episode one, we're going to go through weeks one through eight. Episode two, nine through 16. And episode three will be the playoffs up until the NFC Championship. We will not be doing the Super Bowl. Uh, this is simply nothing against the Super Bowl, but mainly what we want to do is we want to celebrate this season, and we want to look for like It didn't end the way we wanted, but this was still an amazing season, and we thought what better way to, to give credit and support and credence to the season than by doing a gold dive into the entire season. So, again, Episode 1 of the gold dives will be focused on weeks one through eight episode two nine through 16 and then episode three the playoffs uh divisional and nfc championship and then and we will leave it at that we just want to celebrate the great season that we had and uh and reminisce about it was just a wonderful ride and uh, i'm pretty excited about that one ray what about you
1: yeah it'll be great to revisit all of the amazing things that got us to the championship and, you know, it's it, but, uh, even though we are only half a quarter short from fulfilling the entire goal of the season, uh, it'll still be fun to, you know, look at all the things that got us as that close to, uh, bringing home a Lombardi trophy Yep, without, without reliving the, the horror of coming up short.
0: Yeah. I don't, I, we don't see a need for that. We all know what happened, but let's celebrate the season up until that point it was it's worth celebrating and and we're going to so that that will be coming up next week so this week you've got free agency madness wednesday the finale of our top 11 tournament and then next monday the first the return of the gold dives and starting with episode one 49ers 2019 season weeks one through eight good stuff all right here we go enough talk your professor of fanalism, he's here. The greatest fanalist in the game is here too. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? I'm ready. This is the Gold Cast. <laughs> Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host Rudy Suiza III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom! All right, Raymond. Here we go. The first real big round of free agency has wrapped. And uh, here come the 49ers. Some, some big changes... We, we talked about well, the first big one several weeks ago, but now we're going to talk about it again in totality with the rest of 49ers free agency. And this, of course, will lead into the NFL Draft. Roger Goodell has announced that the NFL Draft, as we know it, will be taking place. So right now, uh, obviously due to the coronavirus, there's not going to be anybody, they're, they're not going to have an event the way they normally do. But as we understand it, the, the NFL Draft will continue and will occur Uh, in several weeks here in April so yeah it'll just be
1: mainly exact it's like everyone's going to be on zoom that's you know like like you know you know the draftees that cannot physically attend but then there's a camera at their house with their family members it'll be
0: a whole bunch of that exactly that's exactly right and you know what I'll be honest a lot of people are really upset I I, I think a lot of people I'm not not. (laughs) a lot of people are really upset about Roger Goodell's like the last paragraph they felt like he was kind of being very threatening to them I'm fine with it. To be honest, uh, this is the kind of thing, like the fact that the NFL has found a way to continue. I don't know if you guys, if you guys haven't got your NFL game pass, please get your NFL game pass because uh, right now, uh, NFL Game Pass is free through May, and this is actually what we're using uh, as our as our backbone for our gold dives for this past season. So get take advantage. Go get yourself an NFL Game Pass. Start watching games. You know, take this time. I mean, we don't have too much. You know, we don't get. It's not very often we have an opportunity to kind of go back and reminisce. It's always go 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 on sports. Um, but this is this is a, re- a really great time, and I think that having having the draft is great. I'm in support of it. I'm with you too. Like, let's do it by Zoom and let's just go.
1: You know, exactly. And what uh, what better way to entice anybody than with the low, low price of free?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And so the draft is coming up. And with that, we're taking a look at 49ers free agency. So let's start, Raymond, with the negatives, the losses. So first of all, the very first biggest move, Of free agency that was the first one to drop we traded DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts for the 13th pick in the draft that was followed by the loss of several unrestricted free agents most notably Emmanuel Sanders who went to the New Orleans Saints Sheldon Day saw
1: that coming that should be the least surprise out of anybody who's been following
0: this yeah he wanted more money and we just we we didn't want it we didn't want to pay him that much so he went to the Saints this was followed by Sheldon Day uh, who also left to the Colts and then Elijah Lee who was also left. So there we go. We have we have our a defense, our, our one of our our best defensive tackle gone, our best wide receiver gone, and then some depth at Sheldon Day Day and Elijah Lee. How do you feel about these uh how wh- where do you stand on all of these uh all of these moves right now with the 49ers? Well, I mean, we are
1: We are a week removed from when free agency ended, so I have had time to settle on this. I was disappointed to see DeForest Buckner go to the Colts, but at the same time, when you weigh the two, and I'm pretty sure we went over a little bit of this, when you weigh DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead, There is a distinct reason why we signed Eric Armstead before DeForest Buckner, who you could have argued could have signed the year he went to the Pro Bowl when the team was trash and he got 12 sacks despite all of that, which is pretty damn impressive, I must say. And he was getting double teamed most of the time. But Eric Armstead, if you watch the tape, which we're going to we're going to look at when we go in the gold dives, we will talk a little bit about that. Eric Armstead lines up in multiple positions contrary to what DeForest Buckner is able to do. And in in those multiple roles, meaning edge, interior, he was far more effective than DeForest Buckner. Seven sacks versus ten sacks. I know there's only a three-sack difference there, but that is a big deal. Um, That versatility in our particular scheme – is much more valuable than having a guy who can't seem to move around as, as fluidly as the other six foot seven defensive tackle and interior defensive tackle that can also play edge and lion or Leo is the other position, which is the edge. And I think that's what really played into it. So, you know, you have a guy, these, both of these guys are six, seven, nearly 300 pounds, and they're both incredibly athletic, have terrific hand movement, terrific footwork. But Eric Armstead really took it to another level in this particular scheme, in the wide nine technique, where he was really able to get sacks in, inside, get sacks outside. He was able to, he was terrific on stuns. He was terrific on the blitz packages, terrific on third down. And DeForest Buckner... Was still good. He was still great. You know the numbers were obviously down because he had so so much better complementary pieces around him, such as Nick Bosa and D. Ford. But there was a little bit. You know, if if you're if you're trying to figure out why we kept him over Buckner, even though Eric Armstead was injured prone up to this season. Well, last season he he played a lot too. He played all sixteen games until 2018 as well. It was only the first three three years that he really struggled. As far as injuries concerned, but he's been healthy back to back seasons, and this year he really exploded and you know made the Pro Bowl. And I think that the the versatility is really what edged him over Buckner. So it's like, all right, do we take the guy who has been here, has been has been very consistent, has gotten pro- progressively better, was way po- was more polished coming out of college, same college, same system, Chip Kelly Chip Kelly team, and who? Seem to be, you know, not as versatile as our breakout Eric Armstead. Or do we let Eric Armstead go, who's now building on a terrific breakout season, and try to fill that vacancy? It would have been harder to fill the Armstead vacancy versus the Buckner vacancy. And so I think that's what led into the decision. And when I consider those facts, it's not like they came out and said this, but I'm, I'm I'm theorizing. This is pretty much what they said. This is what other pundits have said too. But um, that's when I weigh those those factors into the reasoning. I'm okay with it. I'm like, all right, this uh, this is an okay decision. Even though I would have loved to see both of them, I thought they were gonna really. What I thought was they were gonna tag Eric Armstead and sign Buckner. That's what I thought they were gonna do but they let him go and ended up getting a pivotal draft pick that we needed anyways that could be either they, they we'll talk about it some more i don't want to get into it just this moment but that's kind of how i saw it i don't know how you weighed it in but that was the articles and the feedback we were getting you know you had one player who was far more versatile in the wide 9 technique defensive scheme versus a player who was not as versatile but still very effective and still you know that void is it's not like his absence is going to go unnoticed. You know, it's not like he was ineffective. He was completely effective and he was terrific in this scheme. So missing another six, seven, two hundred ninety plus pound player is, you know, is you're, we're going to see it next season. It just depends on the rotation of players that are going to fill that void, whether either it's a draft pick or the existing roster, we're going to have to see how that plays out because there's no, there's no telling, you know, how it's going to work out. We just know, that we're going to miss a big piece of that pass rush.
0: Yeah, definitely. So here's how I see it. I agree with everything you're saying. It was bummed. I also believed that they were probably going to franchise tag one of these guys and then sign the other. I think the franchise tag, if you notice, the 49ers, they, I really trust Parag I don't know if I'm saying his name right, Parag Marathi, Mathe Marathay. I, I think it's Marathi. is it, is it a T, not a T-H? Okay, uh, Marate. yeah, so. the, the H is silent. So, I really trust him when it comes to the books and the numbers, I really do. He is the best. Um, when it we, No matter what we've done, we've seen a million articles out there about how the Niners are, are – are, are, how this this new cap deal, this news contract, major, major contract they've signed is going to really screw them and it's going to screw up their cap, and it never does. It never comes back to haunt us. The Niners always find a way. Prague is a genius. So it, when it comes to the numbers, I really trust – I really trust uh, how how these contracts work out. We don't – we're not a franchise tagging team. We don't do this very often. You know, we watch Washington do it year after year after year after year with uh, Kirk Cousins. That is not something that the 49ers seem to be very interested in doing. So I wasn't surprised that it didn't happen. Now, while it does suck to let Buckner go, and you're right, Eric Armstead is more versatile in this scheme, the thing that we got back was the 13th pick in the draft. And the thing that... Right. So it wasn't for it nothing. It wasn't for nothing. And if there's one thing we've learned, if there's one thing we've learned from let's say the Patriots who have the most, you know, the most successful franchise of this current era, right? If there's one thing we learned is that no piece is no piece isn't expendable. Uh I E Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady's gone. Jimmy Garoppolo's with us. They they they've never been afraid to they've never been afraid to make the big move and the one thing they've always kept doing is get younger and build their team mostly through the draft and the 49ers have been on that train and i think that after the last 2 years up into the third year that the the after this third year, I believe that the Niners have earned my—they've earned my trust. John Lynch has earned my trust. I remember we were sitting here and we, we had we had friend, you know, friends of the Goldcast come on here, like uh, on the message boards, on our on our comments board, saying, "Hey, I actually thought our secondary was going to be just fine. I know you guys didn't, but I thought they were going to be fine. I thought all they needed was." Um, uh, you know a, a d-line and so and so get get some pressure off the edges. We weren't that way I was not very confident on a, a, with our cornerbacks. I didn't realize that uh, Richard Sherman was going to come back and be you know vintage Richard Sherman and you know, he wasn't perfect But you know, he's got that experience that old man game now that really steps through but in general I this 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 front office has earned my trust so if Buckner's gone what we get now is the 13th pick in the draft. And now we have the 13th pick and the 31st pick. I mean, we just were at the Super Bowl and we got the 13th pick in the draft? Are you kidding me? Now, I'm not sure what's going to happen with this pick. I believe we're going to use it. Some people believe we're going to trade it to get more picks. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we get the player we like at 13, that we trade the 31st pick for more picks for more for more picks later in the draft. That I can see happening. I don't know if we're gonna if we're gonna use it right away. You know, I'm not entirely sure what's gonna happen. We might even pull. We might even pull what we did in the first year, where we just trade back two or three slots and we get two and we get two, 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 two picks out of it. Maybe a team is really desperate; and they really want somebody at 31. So there's a lot of different things that can happen with the draft. I'm very excited for the draft and overall bummed to see Buckner go. I think all your points are correct, and I think that 13th pick in the draft after being so far back in the draft, is absolutely vital to the continuing success of this team. Get younger, build through the draft. Get younger, build through the draft. So we are in agreement. All right, Raymond. Uh, Real quick, I want to touch on Emmanuel Sanders before we go. He is gone. And as you said, no surprise there. He's gone to probably one of our biggest uh, conference rivals right now, the, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, now you've got Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas there with Alvin Kamara, Andrew Brees. Pretty stacked offense. Where does that leave the 49ers? Now, do you think this incre- – now, I don't want to g- – we're going to talk about draft at the end. But do you think this increases the possibility that we continue to build – we add another major wide receiver to this unit? Uh, or do you think that maybe, maybe again, we go through another trade midseason? What do you, what do you think this does – for our wide receiver core.
1: I think it means as it stands right now, they're going to, because they were trying to shop Marquise Goodwin, but he's still on the team. So I think, I think, I think that tells you all you need to know and that there's just, wasn't a lot of interest in Marquise Goodwin in the off season, just too much inconsistency, despite having all of that tremendous speed which is unfortunate because I was hoping to get at least something out of him, maybe a fourth-round pick or something because we don't. Sure, we have two first-round picks, but we don't have anything in the second, third, and fourth rounds. And I know that the idea is going to be to one of these first-round picks, my guess is the 13th, is going to get flipped to put us into one of the second, third, or fourth rounds because we also have two fifths. We have two fifths and two two sevenths. That's not going to mean much, but we have two fifths that could put one of those could be used to get us into the fourth. I don't know. I, I I doubt it. But to me, the 13th is the meal ticket to try to get us back into the second and possibly third round. We might just have to say, see ya to the fourth round, uh, unless they were to like trade another player. I don't know how. I mean, well, free agency's done, so you can't necessarily, that, that part's over with you might be able to get give cast compensation but as far as the Niners are concerned I think you know we're probably we're cl- clearly they're banking on the existing roster with the exception of players like Marquise Goodwin or you know perhaps if, if 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 he's still there and they haven't gotten rid of him you know he obviously has some value he's been in the system he knows it. he played well in his first year here but personal stuff outside of football has really kind of distracted his focus and he's you know he's he's focused on building a family which is commendable and certainly within his right but it certainly shows in it shows on the field in terms of his effectiveness and being a part being a bigger part of this offense like he was when he first came over so I think that Jalen Hurd the big the biggest question mark who we've talked about already he's going to be you know look at him with a magnifying glass because he's got like i've said multiple times in the past he's got all of the measurements to be a mike evans and possibly even more so just because i the the coaching staff and the system that he's in is much more versatile than the system that mike evans plays in over in tampa with bruce arians so i think that the ceiling is higher for jalen hurd to become more dynamic than a Mike Evans and the other thing that Jalen Hurd has going for himself is that he also is a running back converted into a wide receiver so he has versatility that the 49ers love the versatility that we see out of a Tevin Coleman the versatility that we see out of Raheem Mostert the versatility that we definitely see out of Kyle Juszczyk so all that stuff that those things are going to help him going forward as long as he can stay healthy and kind of show us what was flashed in the preseason I think 49ers fans should be extremely excited about him because if he's able to show out like Adebo Samuel who's clearly you know committed and broke out halfway through his rookie season then this 49ers offense can be much better than what we saw last year in terms of wide receiver effectiveness, even though Emmanuel Sanders ability to run routes and do exactly what Kyle Shanahan asked him to do. That is definitely going to be missed the veteran knowledge and leadership that he brought to the table. We're going to, we're going to lose that. But what we gain is it's like, Hey, the younger guys have to step up and step into these roles because Jalen Hurd is coming back healthy this time. And so, the, you know, how much room is there for guys like that, you know, and and that's going to mark his good ones still on the team. So everyone's going to be challenging each other for that starting position. So I think that wide receiver is going to be a big, 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 big component in this off season, especially once OTAs and all that stuff starts. Although, you know, with the virus thing, seems like that stuff might be delayed. It depends, you know, where we've already gotten delayed for another month. So, I'm curious how they plan on addressing that aspect because if it does prolong get if it does get prolonged further, then that's going to eat into uh, OTAs and the uh, and all of that, all that training. I mean, baseball still hasn't started yet, so we'll have to
0: see how that how that goes. Absolutely. So let's move on, Raymond, to our re-signs. So as already mentioned, we re-signed Eric Armstead re-signed our boy Jimmy Ward and then we re-signed Ben Garland all really good really big pickups so while we lose Buckner we lose Emmanuel Sanders we lose some depth we regain these three major pieces as as part of our team again let's right. go let's right. go just
1: we lot we, yeah we
0: lose two key starters, but we re-sign three key starters at the same time. Yeah, so let's go through. Let's go through. Let's just go down the list. Let's start with Eric Armstead and go down through Jimmy Ward and Ben Garland. How do you feel about Eric Armstead? Well, you've already kind of said this in depth, but let's put a button on it. Final thoughts on Eric Armstead getting re-signed?
1: Uh, needed to happen for sure. He's he broke out, and it's fine. It's actually kind of nice to see a Balky pick. I mean, Balky never really had it. too many issues drafting defensive players. And sure enough, we're seeing those dividends come around in huge, huge payoffs
0: as far as Eric Armstead's is concerned. So super happy for that. Absolutely. And then they called him Mr. Glass. Jimmy Ward, who you now, now what's your new name for Jimmy Ward? <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man. The Iron Man. Jimmy Ward. He's, he has now been signed. What are your thoughts on the Jimmy Ward signing?
1: I'm happy about it. I just want to, you know, I'm just hoping that he can build off of the mostly healthy, se- healthiest season he's ever had in his career and be able to maintain that because we're going to need him going forward.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? Can we say this? I mean, it hasn't been said enough, but and even despite having a lot of injuries, we had a shit ton of injuries in the middle of the season. Overall, major props to our brand new, completely revamped strength and conditioning program. Don't you don't you agree? Way better. Yeah, everyone was able to come back. Yeah, <laughs> everyone. everyone. Way better, way better. Huge. And that, again, that goes, I got to tip my hat off to John Lynch for searching high and low and really putting together a staff. And, you know, they talked about how it's completely been revolutionized, that everything's completely different now. So it's been everything seamless. Like that was the big thing.
1: So I I guess the way the system was before it was all compartmentalized and now all of the, the different departments of staff, whether it's nutrition or strength training, like all of them now work cohesively together for this one like giant seamless, you know, uh, you know, o- overseen crew of of health and fitness, and like it's not it's. It used to be separate, but I guess now it's not. Everyone communicates with one another, and everyone knows
0: what's, what what uh, what the other department's doing and how to synergize with one another. Yep, yeah, it's great. And so props, and this is you know maybe I would say Jimmy Ward's a good example, good example of thriving under this new regime. All right, yeah, Eric Armstead too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. All right, moving on, Ben Garland. Big piece, another piece that really showed out, especially with with some of the injuries we had. How do you feel about the re-signing of Mister Garland? What more can be said about
1: offensive line? The guys that need to protect Jimmy G. So, and by the way, he's also the center. Mm-hmm. So he plays center, mm-hmm. and he's he's a veteran. So he he was he went undrafted in two thousand and ten. And he's been terrific for us. So having him bringing him back for another year is pivotal because he knows the system. He's basically the quarterback for the other offensive linemen. And when he went down, you know we were able—or I'm sorry, not when he went down, but um when, you know when when or when Weston Richburg went down, Ben Garland stepped in and was really able to allow the line to keep keep going at the same clip that it had gone before his injury. Yeah. They maintain so that continuity. A, uh, yeah, exactly. And so having him there is going to be really important just because uh, the center position, we need both of those veteran players there, even though Ben Garland's a little bit older, Weston Richburg is obviously older too. You know, those the, obviously we're going to have to, uh address those positions going forward so don't be surprised if 49ers are also going to add some offensive linemen in that draft class so we, we you I think you got to dra- draft offensive linemen every year because Joe Staley is most likely yeah most Joe Staley's and richburg and Ben Garland these are all veteran players that are in the twilight of their career Just, Joe Staley's really the closest to retirement out of all these guys and that is going to have to get addressed sooner or later so uh so bringing back Everybody from the offensive line from last season is going to be huge for Jimmy Garoppolo, the running attack, the passing attack, pass protection, and the run, uh, run blocking going forward. So, so we have every single piece of continuity that you could want going, coming into this next season. So it just, in other words, expect the run blocking and the pass protection to be much improved with knowing that we're going to
0: have the same players gelling once again. Absolutely agreed. Ben Garland great and I'm with you. We could draft an offensive lineman every year and we should and I'll always be happy. Somebody said that. Someone said it on Twitter begrudgingly they were like I really want the 49ers to draft a wide receiver but knowing them they'll get some offensive lineman in the first round and it was like, you know, in like in a in a kind of, you know, uh facetious manner. And I was like, listen, I responded right on Twitter I'm like we could we could draft an offensive lineman every every year and I'm completely okay with that. And he kind of laughed. I don't think he realized I was serious, or he was, you know, kind of like whatever on me. I'm like, uh, "Y'all want the sexy pick? I I want the O line and defensive line all day, every day. Haven't I said this forever? It, it, you you build from the middle out, and you just you always every year, every year there needs to be an offensive lineman drafted every year. I'm with you, Ray. We're in 100% agreement. Uh, I'm glad we see the same way. That's why we do the gold cast together. All right." Moving on, though, (laughs) that leads into the draft. See what I did right there? So, Raymond, let's talk about this. There's a lot of talk, a lot of mock drafts. They're all starting to rev up, especially now that we know the draft's happening no matter what. So let's talk about some of the guys that seem to be really on the radar. And there's three positions that everyone believes that the 49ers are going to draft one or possibly two of these three positions in the first round and that is cornerback defensive tackle and wide receiver no surprise on any of them Uh, we just lost a wide receiver we just lost a defensive tackle and we and most pundits agree that the cornerback situation in San Francisco could use a little beefing up so it is uh, it makes a lot of sense that this would be that, that these are the positions that most analysts believe we're going to draft. And here are the players, Raymond. Here, here are the players that people, most people think. We're going to draft C.J. Henderson from Florida at cornerback. That's the, the one who's getting the most votes right now. These are the guys that are getting the most votes. That most analysts are saying we're probably going to draft. Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina, defensive tackle. And then everybody's favorite, Jerry Judy out of Alabama, wide receiver. So let's talk about these guys. How do you feel? Right this this is assuming we keep the thirteenth pick. This is assuming we keep the thirteenth pick exactly. How do you feel about these positions? Which one of the three we don't follow college? We're not big college guys, but of the three positions, Raymond, which is the one that is the that when you hear it, you're the most intrigued by? We've obviously done a little research on these guys. We've you know we've read up on on the on the big players, but what do you think about? these three, and who's the one you're leaning the most towards?
1: Man, it's tough because all three of those positions are a position of need because we know that one side of the corner is inconsistent, Akella Witherspoon's side, although Emmanuel Mosley seems to show a lot of promise in being able to retain that starting position and play at a high level. And we didn't necessarily lose players in the secondary, but we did lose a dynamic starting wide receiver who was a veteran player, two-time Pro Bowl or Super Bowl champion. That's a pretty big void. To me, that takes precedence over the Buckner loss, although the Buckner loss cannot be understated. So I think it it comes down between, even though cornerback, we're most likely going to draft a cornerback, I still think that... This first, the first pick, the first pick of the draft that we do take, it's going to, it's a 50, 50 toss up between wide receiver and
0: defensive tackle.
1: It's just a matter
0: of which, which one. Okay. So you think out of the three positions, even though all the position of need, you say cornerback is out and, and defensive tackle and wide receiver probably take priority. And we're going to go with one of these guys over, over cornerback. Let's say all three are on the board, right at the 13th pick you're saying 49ers are either going to go wide receiver or defensive tackle. I think so.
1: And and because part of it is also scheme fit too. You don't just pick a guy because, you know, you don't pick a Quentin. uh, What's his name? Quillen Williams, just because he's huge and he's similar size to Aaron Donald. You know, it's got to be a good scheme fit. You know, Nick Bosa fit like a glove, although I think he would have probably done terrific no matter where he ended up. But, he He did <laughs> yeah. shine extra bright on our team because he had three complementary pieces around him that allowed him to shine as well as he did because he was obviously very ready so i I don't think he would have put up the same numbers you know if he was on like you know for example a really shitty team like Cincinnati, but I do think that he was able to flourish in a system that really. Complemented his skill set and what he did in college. He just played the same position he did in college. So he was able to kind of pick up where he left off and, and do amazing things. But at the same time, I still think that um, this pick, this pick is really going to be, God, it's, it's hard to say which one, because I feel like both are important, but I feel like the depth at wide receiver, there's some intriguing pieces there that I think could fill the void beautifully, Jalen Hurd being my number one betting chip
0: for the wide receiver group. He's the number one question mark, right? He has the most questions, and the but the most potential to really be something special.
1: He is, he is insane. Although Debel Samuel, for his size, I mean, he, he played terrific. I mean, he doesn't have the same size as a Jalen Hurd. But he has he has run. He has
0: he's he's the new he's the new Cooper Cup of the NFC West that I really believe that. And I don't mean that hyperbolically. I I really believe that Debo Samuels is the is the new Cooper Cup of the NFC West. This the the new wide receiver. That's that is just you cannot scheme for. He is just he is a bad, bad mo effort.
1: He is. And he's a Swiss Army. knife. we saw him, you know, he completely shredded teams on the jet sweep all season long. Nobody had an answer for that. So I'm curious to see what Kyle Shanahan draws up for him in this coming season, because you definitely got to mix it up because teams are going to be expecting that this time around. But at the same time, he can catch in the slant he can catch deep. He can fake the run and and trick defenses into thinking that he's going to get the ball and then actually go out there and start blocking. And we, we saw him do that. We saw him do that with Raheem Mostert uh, against the green Bay Packers and so, uh, but we need a piece to complement him and Jalen Hurd is bigger, stronger, not, a, I don't think he, I don't know if he's at, has the same speed, but he's bigger and he's stronger and he can do the same and he can do those. He has the potential to do those same things. And so that to me is pretty awesome. If he can start off, like, if he can have a season like Debo's rookie season in the second season, then I think something really special can happen with this offense, and it'll be even more dangerous than what we saw already. You know, a couple, I haven't, and that's not including the running attack, Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle. So, you know, don't forget about them. So to me, I feel like, I feel like defense becomes is is a little bit once again more important here because you got to keep that pass rush to complement that secondary and if you're missing a pivotal piece I don't see anyone in the rotation that is going to come up and just start doing DeForest Buckner things you know DJ Jones doesn't he's not the same player although he is good and I do like him and he is a starter I don't necessarily know if he's going to be able to come up and fill the void the same way that we saw divorce Buckner play that position. Although DJ Jones did play well when he was there. I just don't know. It's between him and Ronald Blair, who unfortunately just can't stay healthy. He's got health issues. If he stays healthy, then he could be the piece that I could see probably filling that void best out of that group. It's just a matter of if. So to me, I feel like there's a little bit more unknowns with the void at, interior defensive lineman. So I think that, you know, in other words, don't be, I'm leaning towards that position only because everything that I've broken down tells me that perhaps the Niners might be leaning in the same direction too. I don't know if they look at, obviously they don't look at the roster the same way we do, but you know, from the outside looking in with an unqualified eye, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that there's a a bit more Although you you could make the same argument for Jalen Hurd, but I just don't I don't I don't see that I, I I don't I don't see that with Jalen Hurd. I think he's going to be healthy and I think he's going to do some pretty awesome things. I'm very he's the most he's the player I'm most excited for, in this offseason, uh, just like Nick Nick Bosa was the most for me going into last season, just because I, I we knew what he was going we knew he was the missing piece, to the defensive line. We just didn't know he was going to be that awesome. Yeah, uh, coming out M- maybe of
0: the, game. the best, the best edge defensive player in the league, <laughs> better than everybody.
1: Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean there was one other rookie that did well. I played for Jacksonville. I forget his name, but he, he did really well too. He, he, I think he had like eleven sacks or something too. So he, there was no, you know, wasn't he wasn't the only one, but he was on. You know, but Jacksonville was a mediocre team that didn't go to the Super Bowl, so that's the reason why you get overlooked in in that regard. But but yeah, so to me I think I think Niners go defense again. That's what I'm saying.
0: So of the three positions, I agree that cornerback is probably out. I could see them getting him in the later rounds. This is a very deep wide receiver class, and in fact they say it's one of the one of the deepest wide receiver classes that we've had in years. So I agree that I'm also just considering the of the depth that we do have a wide receiver, I wouldn't be surprised if they held off on wide receiver. For a later round, maybe the thirty-first pick in the draft. I agree. Javon Kinlaw, South Carolina at defensive tackle, is probably where they're going to go because it's the area of immediate lead that we don't have immediate depth, and it's purely for that reason. I, I don't really want to. I'm just yes-anding you. I don't really need to repeat anything you said. I'm in agreement. A lot of people in leaning wide receiver. And it really might come down to who wins who wins the coin toss in the office between John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. It really might come down to that. It really might come down to which guy, which guy presents a better convincing argument in the war room. So uh I, I agree it's probably a 50-50 toss-up, but if you if I was to bet my money, you got Jalen Hurd coming back, you got that for 31st pick in the draft, got an opportunity to grab another wide receiver at that point. I think what you do is you go defensive tackle to add more depth, add a big rookie piece, and then you go wide receiver at the 31st pick in the draft or possibly trade it for a second-round pick, and you grab your wide receiver there. That's what I think the 49ers do.
1: Yeah. I I don't think they're going to get, like, a Jared Judy, a Jerry Judy. I think there's other teams that have needed wide receiver that are before them. They're most likely going to get him. And the Niners, you know, truth be told— my money, they're most likely going to use that 13th pick to get back into day two of the draft and day two and possibly day three, because that 13th pick is worth a lot to a lot of other teams. And they're willing to give up second and third round picks for that. So if we can flip that for second and third round, I would take that over just keeping the 13th, in my opinion. You can still get quality picks in the second and third round. Obviously, there's a lot of proof and data to that. So,
0: you know, not everything is going to be found in the first round. So you're saying, I see what you're saying. You're saying flip the, I get it, flip the 13th pick for a pick in the second and the third. Keep the 31st pick, grab the 31st and then flip it and then get something in the second and the third rounds and and, and, and build out that way.
1: Yeah, you, you trade one pick for two extra picks in two rounds that you don't even have picks in already. Yeah. That sounds that sounds
0: very that sounds very John Lynch esque just based on his last couple drafts. That sounds very on par with what the foreigners are. Yes, and would do. and this yeah, and out
1: of all the seasons in the John Lynch Kyle Shanahan era, we are the most draft pick star this season. So it makes even more sense for John Lynch to do what he's been doing since he got here, which is acquire picks.
0: Yeah, one of these picks is getting flipped. I I think we both can agree with that. The 13th or the 31st, one of them, one of them is getting flipped for sure. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Ray, before we wrap up?
1: Just that this is, you know, uh, barring any kind of prolonged extension with this virus pandemic, I think this is going to be a very intriguing off season for the 49ers and i can't wait for the draft because either way you know expect a cornerback a wide receiver and a defensive tackle to join this team after april
0: agreed it's going to be very exciting and you know i will say this this pandemic is going through at least through may and most likely june and here's the great part folks Let's say it ends in June. And let's all hope, let's all hope it ends as soon as possible. I think we can all agree that we I hope I hope it ends in April 30th. Yeah, me too. We're what the initial
1: uh, extension is right now. Yeah,
0: exactly. I hope so too. But let's just say it goes through to to June. Well, that means we only have 60 days left till the till, till the NFL's back, baby. So, hey, just look at that. The longer this goes, the faster the NFL's going to come back, and it will be back and I think we'll all be back to normal in time for the NFL, for sure. Uh, what say you, Goldcast Empire? Let us know in the comments. Go to youtube.com slash the Goldcast. What do you think about our resigns? What do you think about the losses of Buckner and Sanders? And who do you think we're picking in the draft? Let us know. YouTube.com slash the Goldcast. Let us know on Twitter. Uh, Raymond, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find always find me at Ray Solis on Twitter, and on Instagram at Ray Solis one Awesome. And you can find me at I am Rudy Third on all platforms. I am Rudy3RD. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy the Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the First, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time. Same gold cast channel.
1: Get that free NFL game pass.
0: This is, this is the gold cast.